Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. Verse 18 of the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Amen. And the word of the Lord says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord Father God, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We pray right now, Lord God, that you would silence every distraction, all of the chatter within our heads. We pray right now, O God, that we would be able to focus in upon your word. Give us, O Lord, spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear. And I pray, O God, that your word would land upon fertile soil within our hearts, bringing forth the harvest, O God that would glorify your name. We ask this, O Lord. And God's people say, amen, amen. So we were talking about prayer. Huh? And we were talking about how prayer isn't one of those things that you would, uh, uh, it's not one of the articles of clothing like the, the, the belt of truth. It's not uh, the, the sandals of peace. It's not like the helmet of salvation. It's not something that you can take off, put on, and, and, and don yourself with. Prayer becomes the actual key that engages the kingdom, that engages the heavenly realms. Without prayer, you cannot enter in and you cannot engage and fight a spiritual fight. Prouxomai, the Greek word, and we know the compound of that word of prayer is is really an exchange of, of worldly ideas for heavenly ones, for kingdom ones. So that means that the things that this world will tell you that you can't do through prayer, I'm able to enter in and make the possible out of the impossible. God is able to move in realms within our lives that doctors cannot move, that lawyers cannot move, family members cannot touch. God is able. And this is what the prayer life engages this is why we with authority are able to call those things that are not as if though they are that that regardless of the doctor's report we're able to lay hands upon the sick and see healing come upon them it's what it is to be a praying people and you can't have prayer we spoke we you can't have prayer without faith and you can't have faith Without prayer. Faith cometh by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. We've got to put ourselves in a place where we hear the word of God. It acts and engages something within us. And we believe something that normally we we wouldn't believe. Why? Because the word of God said it. And now I'm going to put into faith. 
I'm going to put into faith what I know to be true according to the word of God. If the word of God says it, then it's got to be true. Who am I going to believe, man or God? This is what we have to challenge ourselves on a daily basis. Who are we listening to? Huh? Because let me tell you something. We're in a frenzy. We're in a frenzy. CNN, Fox News, One America. I mean, we're in a frenzy. Who are we listening to? What, what's more important, the word of man or the word of God? What's more important? Who am I truly serving? I love this country, but the moment this country tells me that to do something that's going to violate the word of God, live or die for this. Live or die for this. Because whether I live or die, I live. Faith has to be enacted for us to be able to know that. You can't just believe that. You have to know that. That's the difference. Faith isn't believing. Faith isn't hoping. Faith is knowing. Having a complete confidence that the word of God is true and that he is able. That's why you can't have the one without the other. They're they're two sides of the same coin. Faith and prayer. We we went through three points of a matter that, that, that prayer is a matter of the heart, not a matter of your words. Doesn't matter how eloquently you can speak or how well you can articulate the feelings and emotions of the profoundness of your soul. I don't care about the words you use. He cares about your heart. A broken spirit and a contrite heart he will not despise. When we talk about prayer, it's about a matter of where you're spending your time. Where are you spending your time? Watching the television, hanging out, binge watching Netflix. Come on. God says, abide in me and I will abide in you. To abide in God, it's not a matter of hanging out with him. It's a matter of allowing him to reside inside of us, to take residence, to get comfortable. This is, this is what he wants to do. He wants to abide. And if we, if we abide in him, spend our time within him, within his word, his promise is that he's going to abide in us. That he will always be with us. And the third thing we spoke about prayer is that you must ask. We have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we ask amiss. We're asking for things that really, half the things that we ask for, if we're not, if we're not being spirit-led and we're not aligning ourselves with the word of God, the majority of the things that we would be asking for God would actually do us more harm than good. Sometimes it's a blessing as he holds his hand back from the things that we're pleading him for. But because daddy knows best. We have that confidence. No, son, you can't have that, you know, 70cc motorcycle at 10 years old. Where's he at? (laughs) Just can't have it, boy. I love you, but, you know, it's just (laughs) dad knows best. And we have to come to the confidence and the reassurance of knowing that so that we could be at peace. 
if if you haven't done so, um, it, this has been a series of messages that we've been preaching upon, and so this is kind of just a little bit of a recap from last week. But if you want to catch, you know, some of these messages and uh, see how they built upon each other, um, they're available for free on uh, iTunes or or Google Play. All you gotta do is, you know, on your device, go to you know, um, or go to the website, and there's a page that you can uh, actually listen to all of the messages, and they're available there for you for free. That was a good little plug for the for uh, the podcast amen now to pray in the spirit though is a little different there are people say oh yeah you know i pray i pray to the lord and they could turn around and drop their heads and say lord thank you for uh, all of your goodness and your blessings and your mercies amen okay that was cute and and not that God would turn around and, 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 and frown as long as the heart was right and it was truly heartfelt. But that's only one kind of prayer. Do you know the Jewish people, they have a lot of different types of prayer? That's why, that's why we, 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 we have different types of prayer. There's intercession. The intercession is when you, you, you pray on a person's behalf. You, you step into their shoes and you begin to pray for them. You identify with their pain and, and their hurt. You're, you're able to come before God on behalf of someone that isn't able to go before God for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or if they do pray, you know, it, intercession means that you're, you're, you're really interceding, coming between them and God. God, I'm pleading this person's cause. This prayer that's uh, davening. So um, it's where we kind of like where they get the silac. Uh, Silaca trees um, They put the scriptures in a little box And they put them on the front of, of their eyes But they repeat scripture And, and oftentimes, if, if you see them Over by the wailing wall You can see Jews and, and they kind of rock back and forth And you're, you're repeating Repeating scriptures You're praying scriptures You know you can pray scriptures uh, the Psalms is a great, great area to go in and, 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 and pull out. You, you, you pray scriptures. God loves it when we could turn around and take him at his word. Come on, Dad, but didn't you say? Huh? Are you not a refuge? Is your name not a strong tower? Oh, my God, if I were just to run to the name of Jesus. To know that in your name there is safety. To know, oh God, according to your word, that your name is a strong tower, oh God. To take him at his word. Present his word to him. Oh, Father God. We can repeat prayers. There's davening. There's, there's, there's prayers of faith declarations. There's uh prayers of supplication of making entreaties before god and making them known different types and forms to pray to pray in the spirit however means to have your faith-based prayer uh, uh, your declaration of god's word and have it directed and energized sustained by the holy spirit himself prayer in the spirit the first time that we really kind of see this in a corporate setting is in the second chapter of the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles. Huh? They were in the upper room and they were praying and the Spirit came and it was almost as tongues of fire that fell upon them. And there was this great joy that took place, an utterance that formulated. Praying 
and the spirit must be in accordance with the revealed will of God and with confidence. Prayer in the spirit has authority. It has confidence. Look at what 1 John says, chapter 5, verse 12 and 15. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. That's a mouthful, just one verse. He who has the son has life, but he who does not have the son of God does not have life. I mean, that's, there's no real gray area there, is there? Like, I mean, there's, it's either is or isn't. You don't or you do. It's one or the other. It's very direct. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask. Come on, touch somebody next to you and tell them whatever. Whatever. Whatever we ask. Listen to this. This is a great promise. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Jesus, come on. Whatever we ask. Does it align itself up with the will of God as we know it in his word? Is this God's will? And if it is God's will, we become the agents of change to speak that will into existence. Regardless, look at them in the spiritual realm. We know that God is able. And according to his word, because he is able, we know that he gives charge of his angelic hosts. We know that there are things that move within the realms of the heavenlies. And we're not afraid to engage and cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Authority, confidence. Praying in the Spirit must glorify the Father through the Son. John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. To pray in the name of Jesus why i mean there there are people i know there's some maybe denominations that have taken it and everything that a person says and in the name of jesus 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 right what's in the name what's in the name it's not just so much the name of Jesus. It's not just so much the name of Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach. It's not just the, the, the name. It's what, what the name entails. It's the authority that comes behind the name. I'm going to get into a little bit of uh, Jewish culture as far as names go. But praying in the Spirit must also come from a clean heart. It's got to come from a clean heart. That's why in James 5, 16, it says, confess your trespasses to one another. Come clean. You know, the, the, the moment that you, you turn around and you take a trespass and you try to cover it up, that's Adam and Eve trying to cover themselves up in the garden. Man can't hide his sin. 
as much as we try and make this thing look good, we're still rotten, filthy in the flesh, and it's going to come out. Huh? So we, we, man tries to dress this thing up. To confess our trespasses is to admit, man, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. You think you got it bad? My brother, I'm struggling in this area. I'm going to confess my trespasses. Man, I messed up. I was just in a place. I was short. You know, I'm transparent. I keep it real with y'all. I, I, I told you last week I went, I went through it, right? Oh, my God. What do you do? You repent. We, we're, we're, holiness is our, um, holiness is our uh, uh, truthfulness with God. Holiness is, is, is just, it's not our perfection. It's our recognition of our failures. And, and it's the desire to, to be sanctified. It's the desire to continually be changed. I, I, I may not be where I want to be, but man, I thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm on the construction. God's got me in this process. And, and every time I, the devil gets a, on me, I got to recognize and, and identify him and expose him. It must be prayed from a clean heart as we confess our trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed for the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Man's got to be righteous. Huh? Where does the fervency come from? Where's this effectual, effective prayer come from? See, this is what I'm talking about. It's not just that cute little, oh, Lord, I understand. It's an effective, fervent, impassionate, on fire type of prayer that moves. Unfortunately, you know where those prayers come from? Comes from our brokenness. Comes from our frailty. It comes from when we are confronted with situations in life that that are so beyond our control that we have no other recourse but to surrender it unto God. And then when we pray out of that desire, out of that need, out of that hunger to see someone saved, to see someone healed, to see someone set free for forgiveness of sin, to come upon someone that salvation may be in the house. Come on. How are you going to pray that with a little rinky-dink colored prayer? You know what I'm saying? Prayer needs to be able to move the heavens. Prayer's got to be able to say to that mountain to be moved and cast out onto the sea. You don't, you don't pray like that if you don't believe that. And you ain't going to believe that if you ain't trusting that. Praying in the Spirit must be prayed in the full assurance of faith. It's got to have that confidence. It's got to have that authority. James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed to by the wind. Sometimes I, 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 you know, I see that struggle take place in people. Oh, no, pastor, I'm good. You know, I believe God is able and he's going to do it and, and what have you. And like 30 seconds later, oh, my God, I'm going to lose the house. And when I lose the house, I mean, what am I going to do? Come on. You got to make a determination and decision. 
Because ultimately, even if you did lose the house, is God not greater? Does God not own a cattle on a thousand hills? Doesn't his resources never run dry? I mean, if my God is able, he is able. I got to know that he is able. You don't come to the knowledge of his ability of just by casually taking the stroll through the scriptures. You gotta, you, you, you're going to have to have some wars in your life. You're going to have to have some struggles in your life. It's got to it's got to be birthed out of areas of brokenness. That's why that's why some type some type some manifestations of God doesn't happen without the prayer and fasting. Cuz the fasting is what brings forth the brokenness. The fasting is what breaks down the flesh and makes you frail and weak. And sometimes, sometimes we can only pray out of the frailty and our weakness that God would be able to move in a way that would be miraculous. We got to get out of our own way. Praying in the Spirit must be asked in Jesus' name. I told you I was going to come back to what's in a name. What's in a name? John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it to, to, to know. The fact of the matter is Jesus, Yeshua, was a very common name. A lot of people had. It's like Jesus. Go to Spanish country. What's your name, Jesus or Jose? I don't know. But, I mean, it was just a really, it was a common name. Jesus, 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 Yeshua, Yeshua. In the Jewish culture, names had to do a lot with character and the identity of a person. You know, Jacob, Jacob was a slickster, was a schemer, trickster, right? Little conniver, con man, Jacob. And Jacob, who always had a move, who always had something going on, hidden agenda. Amazing how God would call him and change his name to Israel. We had Saul, 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 Saul was a great guy in New Testament. This is an old Testament, New Testament guy, Saul. Pharisee of the Pharisees, right? Scribes studying under Gamaliel. I mean, he was a Jew of all Jews of the tribe of Benjamin. Here we have, and, and Saul, but somehow, some way on a road that was called Damascus, his name was changed, and Saul became Paul. See, Petros. Peter, that I will build this church. Come on. What's in the name? Character. You ever see a Jewish mom? Little stroller. Come on. Hey, it's my son. Absalom. Absalom. Shlomo Absalom, the lawyer. He's going to grow up. He's going to represent all corporate America. He's, he's a... They speak life. There's a name. There's something within a name. Within a name. Within a name. And we come across Jesus and there's a name. Yeshua. It means salvation. It means deliverer. Like Joshua. Who, who led Israel into the promised land after they were saved from the bondage of Egypt. And when Yeshua came, when Jesus came, he provided us with eternal salvation. Not a temporary dwelling, but the ability to enter into paradise. He delivered us not from the bondage and penalty of sin. 
And he leads us not into the promised land, but into his kingdom. Jesus. Yeshua. When we operate through Jesus' name, we are calling upon his authority. We are calling upon his, his wisdom. We're calling upon his position, his office. We're, we're calling upon everything that encompasses his name. I don't know. Like advocate. Advocate's a good name. My dear children, I write to you this so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin... Notice the encouragement is that we do not sin. But heaven forbid if we were to sin. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. 1 John 2, 1. We, we fix our eyes upon Jesus who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. An advocate with the Father. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In Jesus' name, we, we see that there is authority because Jesus himself said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He is our resource, our sustenance because he is the bread of life. Didn't he declare that in John 6.35? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What, what are you building your life upon? Because the Bible says he's the chief cornerstone, the stone which the builders rejected has become the very foundation that we're able to build our lives. He delivers us from the wrath to come. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah who has conquered, not will conquer. I want to point that out in Revelations. It doesn't say that he will conquer. The Bible says that he has conquered. Come on. So that he has opened the scroll and is able to open the seals. He is the Lord of all. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those that are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can, we can invoke all of these names of Jesus. These are his characteristics, his personality. It's his office. It's his authority. And we're able to grab that all. But the only way that we're able to lay claim of that is when we know him as the Lamb of God. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Without the remission of our sins, we cannot engage in this. We cannot enter into this. We need to be able to be set free from the conviction and condemnation of the things that we've all of that, abolishing it as far as the east is from the west to remember it no more so that we could truly be set free. So when we pray in the spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son so that the Father would be glorified. We pray with righteousness of heart, pure and clean conscience. We pray with the full assurance of faith, knowing both His will and His capability. And we pray in the authority of His name, in the completeness of His character and office. And lastly, we pray in the Spirit. Not in our flesh, 
not within our mortal knowledge, not with our biases and pre-assumptions. To pray in the Spirit is to uh, divorce, divorce ourselves from ourselves, to get out of our flesh, no self-centeredness, no self-will, no, uh, you know, King Baby Syndrome. Not what I want, when I want, how I want it. It's not Burger King. To pray in His Spirit is to seek out His will and do it within His authority. And sometimes it comes from the areas of brokenness. It can only be birthed out of your need. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you allow your prayer to emerge out of your brokenness, there's an empowerment, a passion, an emotion. It's like drag racing with Nas. You know what Nas is? Nitrous oxide? Never heard of that? You ever watch Fast and the Furious? Any Fast and the Furious fans? No? <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's, this, there's this liquid, nitrous oxide, that if you put it into your car in a little tank and you've got that engine going, all of a sudden you flip that switch and that goes into the ignition. That, like, ignites the pistons. and I mean, forget turbo boost. That thing's just like... When we pray, you want to get that inside of you? You want that prayer to take off and, and, and get to its destination? You got to kick that thing into gear. I remember, you know, that the whole speaking in tongues thing was, 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 you know, I came up, I'm, I'm hustling in the street. I used to laugh. I used to laugh because, because I remember I, I was exposed to it. I used to um, almost see these people and, and, and think, wow, look at that. They're just so, you know, I, to this day, I, you know, I recognize and realize how I was mocking God to his face. Because I, I ridiculed it. I, I made fun of it. I, I, I wrote it off. These people are crazy. These people are nothing. Until I was in a place where I was so broken. Where I hit my rock bottom and I had nothing else to hold on to. There was no place to look but up. I was so low. My God, when Jesus came and touched my heart, I was on that floor. Forget about crying, you know, because I was trying to hold it back as, you know, that lump in your throat and the tears in your eyes. And, man, I'm in a place. I can't let these people see me cry, man. Like, get a grip, Rob. But, man, when he touched me, man, it dropped me down to my knees. I saw my life going by, everything that I've ever done, said, just, just page after page, face after face, everyone that I've ever heard, everything that I've done, my family, uh, just, just the shame, the remorse, and the guilt. And all of a sudden, I just remembered the, the image of Jesus Christ 
who 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 was who was in my room like the night before and 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 all of a sudden i'm realizing that jesus jesus is real and 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 not only do i feel the shame and the guilt and and and, and the remorse of all of the things that i've done but all of a sudden i'm coupling that with forgiveness and and this freedom a cleansing of my soul that that everything that i did was just being removed and washed away from me forget about crying i was I was wailing and weeping in tears. I was a hot mess, man. And I don't know about you, but you ever try to you ever try to talk somebody when you're a hot mess? <laughs> I mean, it was just <laughs> I was a hot mess. I'm trying to formulate my words and, and express to God the, what I'm feeling and the, just just babble. And all of a sudden, I got this conviction that came down upon me that said, look at all the times that you made fun of those people and look at you not right now. What you talking to me in? What you talking to me in? What you talking to me in? Jesus went through it. Jesus went through it. What does the book of Hebrews say? Chapter 5, verse 7 through 8. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Sometimes our suffering is going to lead us into true obedience. It's going to teach us the lessons. Only, only in, in, in those types of groanings and pains and that suffering and that hurt is God able to birth from inside of us something that does not make any sense within our minds. But it's not mental. It's spiritual. And we've got to turn around and get out of ourselves and get into him. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with a tongue, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. First thing I want to put in, is that this whole like kind of speaking in tongue things, and I know we've got maybe about 15 minutes. I'm not going to uh, pretend to begin to delineate this or, or, or bring it in a, pl- in a way. Uh, we can continue to build on this. But one thing I want you to make your neighbor aware of is that this whole speaking in tongues thing is in the Bible. Can you just let somebody know? Can you just let somebody know? That it's in the Bible. This is something we're discussing. So now this becomes, this is something completely about Scripture. It's in the Bible. 
whether we have a clear and accurate and perfect understanding of it, let's just start off with this one place and recognize it's in the Bible. The second thing is that there are two distinct manifestations of this gift. We see it, one, in, in, in a personal use, and we see one in a public use. There's one that's in, in, in for private devotional, and there's a manifestation for public or corporate gathering. Prophecy is preferred because it edifies. What does edify mean? Edify means to build, right? It builds up the entire body. And so therefore, in a corporate gathering, what, what, what's, what's better? The building up, that we, that we have an understanding. It's a spiritual utterance. Now, if someone has a spiritual utterance, the Bible's clear in regards how we're supposed to manage that. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 11 through 15. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to kick it back into the, the final verse. This is, this is one of those things that people have, have abused. A lot of yabba dabba do churches. Um, denominations that have tried to make themselves and, 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 and forth out. But it, we need the whole, full counsel of God. Not in parts and not in pieces, not by man's understanding or, or knowledge, but applying correct hermeneutical principles upon all of Scripture so that we can get a clear understanding of how God is moving. And if God moved in the early church through His Spirit the way it's described, then He ought to be moving in our churches today in the way he, it's been described. We are living within the dispensation and time frame of grace. And we have to understand that God is not changing. He is always the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we need to understand and take the Bible and use the Bible as our navigation tool. We cannot abuse any of the giftings. Once we do that, we've taken the giftings out of their context, and now we're abusing a gift of God. Immaturity. Maturity comes when we acknowledge the gifts and we're able to operate those gifts within the parameters that the Bible has led forth. Why? Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Let all things be done decently and in order. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, church? I know we went in a little deep and the Lord wanted me to just kind of put this and lay this thing out, especially uh, open this thing for discussion. But the prayer, the prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. We need to learn to empower our prayers in the spirit.
We need to know how to release it. Get out of ourselves and get into him. And allow the leading of his Holy Spirit to guide us in the things that we ought to be praying for. Let your... The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.